welcome back to my channel everyone i have an incredible guest today on with love mona i have the amazing jackie Ina, incredible makeup artist famous youtuber brand founder and activist and i'm so excited to have you on my channel thank you so much for making the time thank you for having me i'm so excited to be here i feel like we've come so full circle from like the first time i met you how was long it, was it benefit i was trying to remember the first time i met you face to face no so i met you for the first time when i came to dubai because i used to work for a beauty brand at the time and this was we were oh, trying to retail gosh, in dubai supplements yes 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 brand yes yes exactly that was like what oh 2014 2013 it was a long time ago yes oh my gosh that, that is bringing back flashbacks and crazy memories right now wow that, i that's know a whole life it was a lifetime ago <laughs> that's what it feels like i'm like wow that was so long wow. ago. That was like technically my last, like my last day job. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. That was that's my last like actual W2 wow. timestamp job. How good does that feel though? To oh, like amazing. not have to work for anybody else and like to be completely doing your own thing and like just how far you've come as well. Because I know you've been doing YouTube since 2009, but it's been such a journey for you. And I know I've, I've heard you talk about, you know, it kind of took about four or five years to, to be able to pay your bills and everything, but you've come such a long and incredible way. And now starting your own brand too. I'm so proud of you, honestly, Thank like forever you. so amazing. And your, your taste in fragrances. I've always watched your content and just like all the fragrances you, you pick and like, we're so simpatico, like everything that you pull. I'm like, yes, I love like those, you go for like the luxury fragrances and like things that are very quality. Um, but now your own brand is just amazing. And I love seeing what you're doing. It's incredible. Thank you. Yeah, it, it really is full circle. And to answer your question, how does it feel? Um, it's terrifying sometimes <laughs> because, you know, like the life of someone who is self-employed is literally a, a, like stepping out on faith, like not knowing what is going to come next. Yeah. So it's a lot of that, especially like in the midst of having a career that's still relatively like confusing to a lot of people they're like okay what do you do and how do you yeah. survive? like how do you make money so it's scary you know there's no job security in social media at all so I do the best that I can to just work hard and maintain relevancy which is also another whole different like avenue that you have to tackle when you're a content creator but I wouldn't trade it for anything I love it I love what I do it's amazing that's honestly, I have no doubts in you. And I know no matter what, I know your your vision for Forever Mood is probably so huge. And I know that you're going to persevere and turn it into something even more incredible than it is already. But it's probably going to become a huge empire. And I'd love to get in, into that. But before we get started, do you mind just sharing with my community um, just a little bit of background of like what you're doing right now and all about Jackie and I? Should I start from the beginning or should I start with like where we are now? I would love to start with where we are now and then I'd love to get okay. into the beginning. I've been kind of like shifting the type of content that I've been doing. And I know because I, I know you've been following lavishly Jackie and you've been showing I the pictures of love. <laughs> no, but honestly, I love okay, your so page. I, I love it. I love your your taste and your style. And just it's so inspirational. Honestly, every time you like post things, I'm like saving it. <laughs> I'm like, I need to redo my bedroom. I need to redo my living room. Like I'm so inspired. It's so like luxurious. Well, it's been fun. Well, okay, so there's a number of different reasons why I started lavishly, but um, I'll get to that in a second. But basically, right now, currently, I have my YouTube channel, 
um, which is still my main platform, 3.5 million subscribers. And I mainly focus on like beauty. But then I started to realize, I don't know if it's like YouTube burnout, like all of us have at some point experienced that. I've never experienced that until last year. I don't know if it was like being quarantined. I was just like, okay, like we're just having different conversations about beauty right now. It's like, I started to kind of like read the room, I guess you could say, like my audience started to, I just started seeing like a shift in what was trendy and what people cared about. And like, obviously makes sense. Like global pandemic, like makeup is on a very, very low priority in a global pandemic. So I get it. But I guess I kind of wanted to figure out like, okay, well, you know, how can I better serve my audience in a way that I'm not like compromising doing stuff that I don't want to do? You know, like I'm not going to become a gaming YouTuber out of nowhere unless I really wanted to, but I'm just like, I'm not interested in that right now. So I started to, it took some time, um, but I started to kind of look at like, okay, well, like other people come to me for other things. Like they love the way I decorate my house. And also I've stepped into a newfound, like now that, my life where I am now is wildly different to my life when I started my channel. You know, I wasn't successful when I started my channel. In fact, I couldn't even make livable wages off of content creating until like five, six years in. And now I've built this empire and these brands. So I'm like, well, how can I like incorporate people into that without turning off my original like diehard, the people who literally just care about makeup? How can I separate the two? So then I created Lavishly Jackie as a way to embrace being a successful Black woman. Because let's be real, like, I don't, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the stigma, Mona, but a lot of Black women, like, when you're successful, literally when you just exist, like, people will say, oh, you're not humble anymore, you're bragging, you're arrogant now, you're not a, a relatable, you're not approachable. And it's like, well, just because I've clawed my way out of poverty, I shouldn't have to be judged for that. And so lavishly is like embracing the newness of where I am now and the things that I like that aren't beauty related. And we talk like, you know, we talk about home decor, organizing, perfume. I love, like, it's like my whole, the whole different side of me that's not related to like makeup and fashion. Mm -hmm. And so it's not really, I've been having a ball because it was like the one thing that kind of got me out of the funk of creating content because I was really getting bored. I was really getting bored last year. And I've never experienced that in the surprisingly in the 12 years I've been on YouTube. So I was like, okay, something's not right. We need to yeah. switch it up. Yeah. I totally feel you. And I think um I think we all kind of experienced it last year too. Like I remember there were days where I would like snap something and then delete it. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to snap this while there's people like losing their family members and like no matter what I would post I would second guess everything like I just and I never um, experienced that before right? I just kept second guessing myself and I just didn't feel right posting anything and then I just came to a point where I'd post nothing and I was like this isn't good either because like people probably want to be inspired or they probably want an escape from what they're going through and they do that through people's channels like yourself and and our content as well so I think um, I just had to remind myself okay like just, you're doing this and some people are enjoying it some people need it, you know, for to lighten up their day. So I love your content. Please don't stop doing YouTube. I know you've slowed down, but do not do not stop, please. <laughs> well, the only reason why I've slowed down is because now that we have Forever Mood, like last yes. summer, I really took a hit with my content because I was really struggling because yeah, I was just deep, deep, heavy in the brand and being present there. And now that things have kind of balanced out a little bit more now I can get back to my regular flow. But what you said about like 
trying to be super cautious about what you post is so real. And then I just started like, I just started being super candid with my audience. And I started asking them on Twitter, like, do we talk about makeup? Do we not? Do I still review products? Because I want to be incredibly mindful as an influencer, because I have influence. Just like you were saying, I wanted to be mindful. Like, is this appropriate? Is this not? And people were literally like, please do not stop posting content. Like, we need a distraction. <laughs> like, we need other stuff to talk about. It's not news every single day. And that made me feel really good. It made me feel really good knowing that, like, people come to people like us just to, like, escape and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, like, it made me feel like, okay, I feel... Whew, all right, I, I'm in tune with my audience. We're on the same page. And as long as the content is still serving people, that's important to me, you know? Yeah. And I think with your content too, it's not, one, one thing I love about your content is it's not just about teaching people makeup. Like you truly are an activist. And like we've seen, because we're a part of like all these like industry groups and stuff. And they'll be like sharing things like, Jackie, Ana posted this. Oh no, people will be like, their pants being like, oh no, what are we going to do? <laughs> You'll see like you actually are making dramatic shifts in the industry so it's like not only are you serving like content for entertainment but you're also helping you know create a really important impact in the industry so you can't stop <laughs> ever <laughs> but I totally no, I, I genuinely like it I, yeah. I, I love creating content it's not it's definitely not going anywhere it may shift a little bit but no nah, I'm not going anywhere yeah you're made for the camera honestly like I like I get inspired by you I'm like what is Jackie doing that I should do too like you turn it up <laughs> and <laughs> make it fun which we all need more fun so but I get it like being a brand founder too is challenging and like wearing so many hats is so challenging and I know that you and Dennis is supporting you a lot with forever which is great I think having like a really great partner on board who's going to be there to support you with you know all the crazy things that happen is really important and it's great that you have that but um how did you launch a brand during the pandemic? Like, I know, I'm guessing you were working on this way in advance because I know brands don't just come out. <laughs> like, they usually no, they don't. to create. Yeah, How no, they, they, they definitely them? don't. It, so, yes. So we actually started having conversations about starting a candle brand, like, 2018. Wow. And so we, we met with a manufacturer and, actually, we met with a couple manufacturers. So we met with manufacturers and we were getting like samples of stuff. And then we were at that time also working on another brand, wink, oh. wink. <laughs> so we were working on two things at the same time. Oh, one has wow. not come out yet. Um, yeah, so we were, but that one, so the candles at the time kind of got shelled because I was more focused on something else at that time. And we weren't really like getting the greatest like samples. And I just didn't have, I think the time or dedication to be like, no, let's, let's, let's work on this form a little bit more. Let's add free, let's add more, whatever. Like I just, I'm sometimes I can be very like one track mind, especially when it comes to big stuff that I'm like, no, no, no. My, my current baby is this and the candles are cute, but like not right now, you know? So we shelved it and then we revisited the conversation a, a year later, end of 2019. And then the pandemic hit like four months late, three, four months later. Um, I should say quarantine hit because the pandemic had already been ha had been happening, but then we were quarantined and then we were like, oh, wow, <laughs> what's this? Like, what do we do? So then it was actually my fiance, Dennis, our Forever Blue co-founder, that was like, we can still do this. And I was like, no, we can't. Are you crazy? Like, no, we can't. Are you sure? <laughs> no. <laughs> And he was like, well, you know, like he had already, we had already laid out like financially what it would take and 
what it would require and like who we would have to hire and da 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 da. And we already had good relationships with the manufacturers. So we were like, well, makeup is, you know, like my main platform is makeup, but people also know that I, I really love candles. And this was already something that I wanted to do. And it felt right because people are at home. So like what better way to take people's minds off of what they're doing at the time than launching candles. So then I was like, okay, getting more open to the idea of, an, of it. So yeah, we, we revisited it at the beginning of the year, last year. And we just kind of fast-tracked it. We kind of had to because we were like, all right, well, if we're going to do it this year, then let's go. And so that's how we ended up launching it. We launched it on my birthday, August 4th. Perfect timing, actually, because I feel I like last year was the time where everybody was just like into home fragrances and wanting to escape through fragrance at home. So honestly, it was the perfect timing. And um, by the way, your birthday is the same day as Huda's husband, Chris. <laughs> oh my God, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah we have a very popular birthday. That's also Meghan Markle's birthday and Barack Obama's birthday. I, I didn't know it was Meghan Markle, but I knew Obama. That's so funny. And yeah. They, yeah, well, that's that's so incredible. So it's been about six months now, right? Yeah, so now, it, it's which is actually weird, Mona, because crazy to be like, this brand is only six months old it's like it's how far crazy. you already. i know i know it's and how many launches like, you've had i know we're like <laughs> what we're doing because <laughs> literally i just sit here and i'm like what the heck are we doing and how are we doing it like it's amazing because what we're doing is literally what some brands like strive for for years like they work years to get to what we're doing what we did in the first month wow. it's scary it's terrifying we've had our ups and downs the brand is by no means perfect like we were going through it during Christmas because our shipping was USB. I don't know if you guys were having the same thing um, yeah. out there, but it, it was a nightmare because uh, everybody was understaffed and mm -hmm. it was a lot. But, you know, we, we've gotten through it and it's been really like, if anything, it's just fun to do because I love candles. So even if nobody bought these candles, I'd be buying. <laughs> I'd be using them. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Honestly, um, I think that's the best kind of business to start. It's like where you're not even thinking about, you know, the customers, but it's like you're trying to create something for yourself. And through that, people are going to be inspired to to want it as well. Like Huda, it was so funny because when we launched Lashes, we had no idea if it was going to turn into anything big or not. Like we were like, we were like, okay, we're just taking a gamble. And to be honest, it was my sister Ali who invested in the first batch. And we we're like, mm -hmm. what happens if these don't sell? She's like, I'll just wear them. I'll wear all these lashes. <laughs> and we're like, okay, Period. wear them for the rest of your life. But okay. <laughs> but I love that. That's amazing. Um, where did you get the inspiration for the name? I love the name. So I have like a working notepad on my phone of like, whenever I think of a catchy name, I just write it down. So that's kind of something that I had been doing ever since we had started talking about um, starting the brand. And so we didn't actually choose it and finalize it until 20, like late 2019. Like I, I actually had the name before we had actually um, started the manufacturing process. Well, oh, obviously yeah. we hadn't done that. But yeah. yeah, before we decided we were going to pick back up and start doing it again, I chosen the name end of 2019. And I wanted it to be, because our hero products are the candles, but it's really like a lifestyle brand. So it's anything that makes life easier or anything that I can use to pamper myself. And so 
I wanted the brand to kind of reflect that, like, oh, it's a mood, it's a vibe, you know what I mean? It's a mood forever, it's a forever mood. So yeah. that's kind of like what we played up on, and, and we didn't want it to just speak to, um, I didn't want to limit it by saying forever candles or forever right. this, you know what I mean? Like, it's forever mood, like, it could yeah. be candles, it could be other stuff in the future, <laughs> which we do have now. We have the silk pillow. We have the yeah. silk collection. The silk pillowcases, the headbands. We, yeah. we launched our candle care kit, and we're, we're coming out with some really cute, fun stuff this year. I'm excited to see what else you guys are coming up with. That's amazing. Yeah, you're gonna love some stuff. Like, well, I know you already love everything, but you're yeah, gonna definitely love what we come out with next. And I love that, like, every scent is like a mood, like cuffing season, sweet spot, pheromones. Like, it's all just so fun and it just it instantly makes you picture that and then when you smell it, it just connects the whole vibe together exactly because the names like I can't even name a candle until I smell it because it has to like the candle has to make me feel like something and because we aren't in any retailers yet you know we're working on that um because we're not in any retailers yet we like how can I make sense for the person who's buying this online right so the best way that I can tell someone what a, what something smells like is like well this is how it makes me feel or this is how the vibe I get mm -hmm. and then they're like okay I get it like I get it it's the next best thing because you know we're all shopping online so like how can I make how can I make the product lift off of the computer or off of their phone in a way that it connects to them emotionally yeah I think that's one of the biggest challenges like I faced with Kayali in particular, I'm like, wow, I never realized it's so much harder to sell fragrance than it is to like sell color cosmetics or even skincare because you can show like before and afters of like results. Yeah. But um, with scents, it's like you really do have to paint that picture and that mood. But um, but you're doing incredible at it. It's thank amazing. you. That means a lot coming from you because <laughs> you're definitely somebody I admire, like oh, as like my you. fragrance. Like you're just so good. You're great at this. Okay, I can find out. <laughs> have great case. I always get good recommendations from your content, so that means a lot to me. Yep. Thank you. Oh, you just like made my night. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel? I know it's still early days, but um, are there any kind of like mistakes that you've made that you can share with people? Like lessons that you've learned that you do differently with your brand? Like I don't know if there was like a supply chain issue or like you know something you did with product development. Like what is the biggest learning you've had so far? So the biggest learning lesson that I think Dennis and I, my fiance and, and co-founder would both agree on is when we first started, we got an insane response. Like we were like, we, I, I promise you, everybody's like, you're an influencer. You should have known. But I don't think people realize just because you have a big following, it does one, it doesn't necessarily mean you can sell. Two, this is a completely sort of new lane for me because candles and we announced it was candles it was really unexpected but then it it, it clicked later for people afterwards because they were like oh well it's Jackie like it makes sense she loves perfume mm -hmm. she loves fragrance so we went into it thinking we had enough supply we had enough units that would last us like months because I definitely did not want to go the route of like selling out in five minutes that's my worst nightmare because what happens is when other people can't get the product then it becomes like a I, I'm now upset that I can't support, that I can't buy the product, you know what I mean? And we weren't even, like, staff to handle, like, selling out that quick. So I... It's a I, to have. <laughs> huh? It's a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have, but, like, if you, if you, if you, you know, if you, if you handle it correctly, right? 
And I think we did. I think we tried to like our, our customers were our customers were super, super like compassionate and patient with us. But I, I'm telling you, Mona, like we the first day that we launched and we sold out the first hour. And I was really excited, but like, oh God, like I was concerned. And then the second, because we did like a pre-launch and then we did like a fully launched again like two weeks later. And then the same thing happened. Wow. And I was like, Whew. so then it kind of created a domino effect and we had to play a lot of catching up because we had, we had everything sold out so quickly that we then like, it took us like weeks to fulfill those orders in a way that we weren't prepared to. So then, you know, customers were getting antsy. And then we had another, um, another thing that we ran into is like projection. Okay. So businesses always talk about like projection, projection, projection. So because the first launch did so unexpectedly incredible, we <laughs> overprojected for the next launch and we ordered a bit too much, but it's okay because like we still have all of the pro like the candles don't have to be poured. Like we still yeah. keep them stored in a way where they're not being like expired or anything like yeah. that. Um, so we, our problem in the, in the first launch was like, we didn't have enough units. And then the second launch we overprojected. So yeah. I think learning how to scale, like, this is what I expect to happen, or this is what I, how many units I expect for people to buy. I guess like maintaining some like normalcy with it throughout the year and throughout the different collections. We haven't been able to do that because we're still a six month old brand. So we'll know like over time and over the years, like this is what we expect for fall. This is what we expect for, for Christmas and being able to like tailor it to that. So that's what we're learning right now. <laughs> if I'm honest, like even after eight years of having Cudibiti, like every forecast is incorrect. <laughs> like no matter what we think we know, we'd never know. Like we, yeah, we're yeah. always either under or over. It's just a, some, it's like a battle. So don't feel bad. It's like, it's a constant struggle. I think for every single brand, even like the bigger brands and the conglomerates, like everybody's having the stock issue. So don't worry. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I hope I made you feel better, but at least with candles, like for things sure. will go bad. Like you said, like, I think even the longer they sit, the better they smell from what I've heard. So Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, we have them in like fragrance batches. Like they're in like, like little um, small tanks. So yeah. Yeah, they're they're you know still being preserved and still being pretty. People are still definitely still buying, but it's been like yeah. insane. Like I was like, wow, like this is literally what it takes to own and maintain a brand, you know? Yeah. What is your goal with Forever Mood? So I have very big goals for Forever as far as like even like retail goals. Um, I definitely want us to continue to expand in the lifestyle category, maybe even more home stuff. I would love to do more <laughs> home stuff. Wink, wink. I would love for you to do some home stuff. I want your home stuff. <laughs> I would, because I feel like my style and my taste in home decor is, there's. I feel like there's definitely a little bit of a white space there for someone who doesn't necessarily like stuff that's too traditional, but doesn't also like stuff that's too modern. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't like stuff that's too glam, like something that meets, combines all of those things all in yeah. one. So I would definitely love to do some stuff with home decor for sure. Ooh. Are you working on something? <laughs> Can you not say? <laughs> talking. We're talking. We're definitely like, because, you know, we're always forward thinking and we're always looking at yeah. what the next year looks like, what the next six yeah. months looks like, what the next three years looks like. So it's definitely come up in conversations. I would Amazing. love nothing more to really expand forever and like do more than just like lifestyle stuff for sure. 
That's so exciting. And I think it's perfect timing too, because I think now like post COVID, I think even if things go back to normal, like we're all going to be spending more time at home and we realize how much you should invest in your home. You know, it's, I your, agree. Space, it's your environment. So that's, that's incredible. You're, you're always like on the, on the trend even before it even happens. So it's fantastic. I'm pumped. I try. <laughs> I try. <laughs> That's amazing. I would love to dive into um, some more serious topics. Um, you know, I love the fact that you are such an activist and everything that you've done for just making a change in the beauty industry and, and every industry, but especially the beauty industry. Um, if you don't mind just sharing with everyone, like, why you're so passionate about it. Like, did you go through things where you felt, like, unincluded? I know you mentioned before, like, going to department stores and people trying to convince you to buy, you know, lipstick colors that you didn't really want and things like that. But if you don't mind just sharing, you know, where the passion's coming from. So I feel, um, one, I never want to discredit the work of of people that I look up to that I consider actual activists. I feel like, I don't really feel like the work that I do is activism. I feel like it's more like my experience is just very typical and average of like most black women living in America, um, especially as an African woman living in America. Cause I have one parent that's an immigrant um, and my mom is from here. So I have like a double, you know, like a double whammy of different things <laughs> that a lot of us just have in common. And a lot of us have experienced. And so I use my content as a way to like vent about those things. Cause I, obviously I have the gift of, of gab and I would just like rant and just talk about, you know, my experiences and much of those things had a lot to do with why I started my channel in the first place. So it, it literally came naturally, you know, like it doesn't even really feel like I'm doing anything differently than like anybody else. I just do it on a platform and you know, it's something that I'll always do because it's literally the reason why my content exists today. Like, it's just the bread and butter. It's important to me. And overall, like, I just want people who watch my content to feel like they are heard. You know what I mean? Like, I want every single Black woman to not feel like they've ever been othered or they've ever been excluded. Or, you know, when you come to my platform, you're a part of the family. Like, you know, you are beautiful. You can wear those products or those colors or those shades that they say don't look good on dark skin. That's yeah. always important to me. Well, it's funny because like I'm not a black woman, but I follow your content and like every time I watch it, I feel empowered because I'm like, yes, like everybody should be wearing what they feel proud, like whatever makes them feel good. And like even just as like an Arab American, I mean, obviously now I live in Dubai, but growing up, I always felt kind of like you know, and other, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, like somebody who didn't really fit in so much. So just watching your content makes me feel very empowered. And it reminds me that, you know, every single person should feel their best in their own skin. And, and it also reminds me to make people feel more included. Like sometimes it just reminds me to be more sensitive because you don't always yeah. think of things if it's not brought to your attention. And I think you've done a great job with that. And um, even last, I think it was last year with that whole, um, you know, pull up or shut up you know, when you brought that up, you know, we had to, as a company, kind of look at ourselves and see, you know, how many black employees do we have in the company and how many other non, you know, non-white, non-Arab, non-Asian, like we're just trying to see what are the different demographics we have in our company. And it forced us to take a look and, um, and just to acknowledge, like, what can we do to do better? We mm -hmm. were happy that, you know, compared to a lot of other companies, we we're quite diverse, but we could still do better, of course. 
Um, what do you advise to people out there or brands out there to to be more inclusive and to to just take diversity to the next level? Like, do you have any advice to people? I mean, yeah, I feel like so. There's two. There's two different ways you can look at it. Um, one in in your case, you guys are based. The company is based out of the UAE, right? Yeah. So I'm Dep sure you probably have different challenges. Like I'm sure there's probably not that many black people. Like at least I don't remember when I visited, I remember seeing that many black people at all. So yeah. I can kind of understand a company that's based in a different country where they're kind of limited. I can understand that versus you have companies that are good old in Los Angeles. And it's like you strategic you strategically go out of your way to weed out like non-white people because you want to and you want to create a particular company culture you know that's something that you're forcing on your own because that's just what you want so i think the two things are very different and i think that when you can hire black or when you can hire a person of color you should like if they meet the qualifications you can't just count them out or or even worse say that they shouldn't make as much money just because they're black because that does that definitely does happen too there are pay inequalities and you know when when and where you can you should hire black because why wouldn't you you know but i've literally seen people you know i'll even go as far as to say don't just hire black but make the work environment safe for them like my best friend tells me different stories because she still works in corporate jobs where she literally cannot wear her natural hair because it's not wow. professional and <laughs> she works HR. So if you're telling the HR that their hair is not professional, I mean, that's awkward. <laughs> so making sure that if they feel othered or, you know, if they're in meetings and they're trying to present their own ideas, you're not silencing them or telling them they don't know any better, you know? Um, so I just think when and where you can, you should hire black because why wouldn't you, you know? And that's, and that's why I said where you can. If you can't, I totally get it. No one's, you know forcing it but like literally there are so many companies mona who literally just push diversity out of their company because it's strategic and it doesn't represent their values and like all right well if that's what you want then you know don't be surprised when the people that you're trying to market to aren't supporting you absolutely no i mean honestly i think it was quite an intense period during that whole time um and we were actually, at first, we were like, we don't even know our ratios. We had no idea what percentage mm -hmm. we had of, we've never done the math of like women, men, diversity. We just never thought about it because I think just naturally we were always trying to be inclusive just because it was our nature. Like, because I think, you know, for Huda and myself, and especially for Huda more than myself, you know, she always felt unincluded growing up because um, she was a bit more dark skinned. And like, we grew up in Tennessee and like, I think I looked Mexican, so I didn't feel so unincluded, but she was just kind of like... <laughs> Never, nobody knew where she was from. Um, so for her, it was always like really important to hire people who are different. And also you just get so much more like variety and like culture. Like you just get so much better results when you hire different people because everybody has like a different perspective and they're bringing more to the table. And the cool thing here in Dubai as well is like most people come with their culture. They're not like Americanized or whatever. So it's just like they add so much value. Um, but when that whole thing happened, it just forced us to really look at it. And we were like, at first we were like, okay, we're not, we're not bad. We're actually quite proud of ourselves compared to a lot of other companies that share their stats, but mm -hmm. we do want to do way better. And we want to keep nailing, you know, we want to keep furthering diversity to where, you know, eventually it comes to like, a nice split across all nationalities, you know, and I hope that becomes the standard. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I hope it does. I, I definitely hope it does, especially as, you know, uh, the next wave of, like, college graduates go on and the next wave of, like, social media entrepreneurs go on and we just continue to have more talent to choose from, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to talk more about you. I didn't know that your father was an immigrant um, mm -hmm. from Nigeria. I thought he had been in the U.S. for for generations. And I, I actually mm -hmm. like recently have gotten to know quite a few Nigerians. And it's so funny because I feel like the culture is so similar to Arabs, like the traditional, right? um, the conservatism, the like trying to push you into like a formal type of career path. Like there's just so much in common. Um, and I also didn't know you had six. You're one of six siblings, right? That one, is, well, one of seven. I'm the oldest of seven. seven. Yeah. You're the oldest of seven? I'm the oldest of seven. Oh, oh my God, bless you. <laughs> I know. Bless me. Please pray for me, girl. <laughs> I'm going through it. <laughs> oh my God. That's that's amazing, though. So, wow. So you must have had a lot of responsibilities growing up. Yeah. The eldest daughter. I feel like eldest, all eldest daughters need a support group, especially African eldest daughters. Like, we need all African eldest Absolutely. daughters like a support group because we I was literally like mom 2.0 wow and, you know our house was always loud like our you could not get anything done in our house it was crazy and then whenever like family members from Nigeria would either come visit or they would move to the U.S. they would usually stay with us so wow. we would literally all stay and share the same house it was a three-bedroom one-bathroom house girl it was wow. like 800 square feet it was tiny like one bathroom. So picture like at some points, 12 to 15 people all in that house at one given point. Oh, that's it, was, it was intense. Yeah. It was a lot, but that was our normal, you know, and yeah. it was fun. It was definitely fun. Yeah. yeah. I think it adds a lot of like just experiences. We had, we had similar situations. Like all our family would always then stay with us too. It was a bigger house, but same mm -hmm. situation where it was just like so overwhelming. Anytime there was family, it was like, no questions. They can't go to hotel. It's not allowed in Aww. our culture. <laughs> like it's just, you know, no motel, no nothing. So we, we also had like lots of people there all the time. And I, it was hard growing up, but now I look back and I'm like, I wouldn't have it any other way it added to the craziness. And I think it adds to, to, you know, our character and everything. Um, right. Yeah. But that's, that's so interesting. How did you feel? Cause I, you dropped out of university, right? Mm-hmm. And how did you, how did you go through that? And how did you persevere? Like, how did you avoid, um, you know, confining with the, tr the pressure from your parents to go back to university? And like, how did you get into makeup artistry? Well, at that time, I didn't really have a lot of support. I didn't really have a lot of support. First of all, financially, I didn't have any financial support whatsoever. And because my parents were split up, you naturally, you kind of choose sides. So I only had a relationship. I only had a real relationship with one parent at the time. So I didn't really, it was actually kind of the opposite. Like I didn't have as much pressure on me because I was getting, like I wasn't being inundated with the same type of like, you need to stay in school because I wasn't talking to that parent at the time. So I kind of had those years to really like just do what I needed to do without outside influence without someone convincing me not to do it. And I really kind of needed that at the time. It was like my first taste of being like fully, fully independent. Oh, so it was like a complete blessing in disguise. Kind of, yeah, because it was like for the first time I was doing stuff that I wanted to do without being like 
jaded from other people. I was literally on my own in, in a good way and in a bad way because I could have used the support, but you know, my parents splitting up and they weren't speaking. I wasn't speaking. It was a lot. It was like my family was split in half. And so in that time frame, I kind of like had a chance to like block out the noise, I guess, mm-hmm. in a way. So um, I definitely feel like it needed it needed to happen because I don't even think I'd be doing what I'm doing today if that didn't happen. Wow. Did it, do you feel like it made you channel your creativity towards makeup artistry? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that was the time that I really got to just like kind of hone in and focus. Um, it's unfortunately one of the big reasons why I got married because I was trying to fill a void. Um, but you know, you can't really regret anything you've done, especially if it's propelled you into what you're doing today. So I try not to look at it as like a, as a, as an L I look at it as like, well, I'm here today because of it. So, you know, that was the time where I really got to like create a, build a community. I got to create something and I had no idea at the time it would become what it is today, but you know, here I am. Yeah. I know you got married and divorced at a very young age. Um, mm-hmm. 21, you got divorced at 21, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was divorced by, I think 22, technically. I think. 22. Yeah. And how, how did that affect you? Like, was it an easy decision to make or were you just like, you realized it was the wrong person and it was like, you know, maybe a decision you made through just like going through a rough time. Um, how did that affect you? And like, how did you decide to like, just change the chapter and move on? So that was actually one of those situations where I felt like God like forced me out of that marriage because I actually didn't choose to end the marriage, even though I, sh- I should have. And I could have <laughs> definitely justified, yeah. but I was so wrapped up in trying to be like a good Christian devoted wife. And that was like all that mattered to me. Wow. And you know what? It's, I think it also says a lot one about a lot of the misogyny that exists in the Christian religion. I'm still Christian, but as I've gotten older, I've kind of confronted my own internalized misogyny too, how I contribute to that. And what I had to look back and think like, why did I value being married so much more than I did being happy, respected, properly loved? You know what I mean? So I had to confront all those things. Like I was willing to endure things I shouldn't have just to say that I was devoted to my marriage. Like, Nobody should ever have to do those things. And I'm I'm glad that he left me because I still would be unhappy and miserable. And you know what? He obviously wasn't happy. He has the right to walk away from that relationship. And I'm so glad he did because I would have been so stubborn and like stuck on just doing the right thing that I probably would have stayed and still would have been miserable. And so that was literally like a situation I was just forced out of, but I'm very, very glad it happened. It was hurtful back then, but I'm very glad that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel the same way. I feel like sometimes like, I think it's similar, like in, in Muslim, like in Islamic religion as well. It's like, you always want to be the person who always stands by someone's side and you always, I guess it's also the Arab culture. Like you're expected to take everything from a man. So I'm kind of, I'm like, I never end a relationship until it's like kind of mutual or even from the other side, I never want to give up first. Cause I feel like it's like the woman who's expected to keep trying, but, but, you know, as same, it's like a blessing in disguise. Absolutely. And that definitely exists in African cultures too. So it's like two completely different things woven into each other that you're as a woman, you're, and as a young woman, you're battling at the same time. And when you're 20, 21, you don't know how to channel your intuition. Like I knew I was hearing God's voice telling me to do things and not to do things, but like, I don't think I realized that that was God. So 
Mm-hmm. It's just a lot. And I think that's why I now know this, but that's why people tell you not to get married when you're so young, because you literally just are not as smart and experienced as you think you are. <laughs> like, you're just not like, yeah. you're just not at all. And your brain is still developing. You're still developing. You're still getting to know yourself. And I wish that, you know, if I could change anything, I wish I would have like not taken relationships as serious as I was at that age. Like, I wish I would have dated casually more. I wish I would have like, had fun, you know, live really single, which I did after I got divorced, but it took some time. Yeah, I feel like I still haven't done that yet. <laughs> and I'm really? 35 and I, I feel like I just, I actually just started listening to my intuition last year. <laughs> like, So I think, you know, a lot of us don't really tune in until we realize like, you know, you just got to keep your emotions in check and like feel your feelings more. And I think we're always told to like not be so sensitive and like not take everything so seriously. But it's like if you don't do that, you're going to tune out of your intuition. So, yeah, I think I've just learned how to do that. So don't feel bad at not doing that at 20. I mean, I just just started. <laughs> I mean, I feel like my mom, who is was a divorcee and her 50s 40s 50s I feel like she learned that then too so I feel like it's a journey for a lot of us and you may learn those lessons a little bit later that's okay you know like you can't beat yourself up about what you did as opposed to like you know what your friends did or someone else that did something differently like everybody's meant to learn things when they're meant to learn things and there's still probably going to be things I'm going to learn from and still learn lessons that I'm going to learn and that's okay. I'll be I'll be ready to embrace them. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's a part of, it's a part of our journey, right? Like everything that I look back at now, it's like every single thing had its purpose and like from everything that you've said today, it seems like every single rough time that you've gone through has had its purpose as well. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I wouldn't trade it for anything. What would you say um if you could go back to like 2009 when you started your channel? If you could do anything differently, would you change anything at all? Yes, I would change a lot, actually. (laughs) I wish I would have taken my content way more serious. I wish I would have been way more consistent. Oh, yes, for sure. I know that I could be doing so much more had I just been like, oh, this YouTube thing is going to take off. Like, I'm I'm on it. I'm going to really, like, blow this out the water. I guess I just didn't realize, like, how much social media was going to really impact us in the long run. So I wasn't thinking that way. I was just like casually uploading, having fun and not even being myself. Like my old videos are so boring because I was like professional Jackie exactly. and like, I didn't know. I'm telling you my first, like, I feel like my first five, six years of YouTube, you're not really getting my personality in camera. And I feel like if I had channeled that more early on, Mm-hmm. I definitely could be doing way more, but it's okay. Like, you know, said you live and you learn, but I wish I would have told myself like inner Jackie, like post more frequently, <laughs> get like, get like a schedule. Like I wish I had more strategy to it. I had no strategy whatsoever. Like I literally had no idea what I was doing. Well, that's incredible to get where you've gotten with no strategy. That's insane. I know. I've just been winging it. Really, <laughs> <laughs> great job. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I started my channel only a year ago, actually. Yeah, February 2020. Oh, right. Um, yeah. So it's it's oh, still very crazy. new. Yeah, it's very I, new. So I'm I feel like because you've been on Huda's channel, I feel like I've been watching you longer. But that's probably what it is because yeah. you've been making guest appearances on her yeah. channel. I was always kind of nervous, like just trying to figure out like, what is the value I'm going to add? Because I, you know, I just felt like there was so much content already. And I think we all kind of psych ourselves out because of that. We're just like, how am I going to be different? 
Um, but more recently, I'm, I was just thinking, you know, like there's a lot of things I want to share. And my podcast is one that I really am passionate about, just sharing people's stories and their wisdom with everyone. So I just, one day I was just like, screw it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and if it sticks, great. If it doesn't, I'm just going to keep trying. <laughs> but sometimes just being you is what's adding di- something different and adding value, you know? And that's yeah. what I always tell people, like when they ask me, like, how do you grow? How do you you know, differentiate yourself from other people. It's like, you're you, that's enough. Like, that's literally enough. As yeah. long as you just stick at it and you're consistent, like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, what would you say is your goal? Like, where do you want to be in 10 years from now? Oh, that's such a good question. So in 10 years, definitely want to have multiple brands. Definitely would love to see forever by then like in a huge retailer and a few huge retailers and yeah more I mean I can't say too much because I don't want to give away spoilers but yeah I'm definitely planning on you know as far as brands go establishing something that's a little bit more people will know like when they see it they'll be like okay this is Jackie like we get it this has been a long time coming it'll make sense and yeah I mean 10 years like I could do so much in 10 years like look how much has changed for me in 10 years um, expanding my family and, you know, maybe even having some of my fiance's family living here in the U S with us. Cause they are still in the UK. Yeah. So yeah, just on a personal and professional level, just all of that growing and expanding for both of us. What do you hope to see the industry, um, change in 10 years? Like what would you, what would make you happy if you saw X happen in the, in the industry? What would it be? So as far as creators go, I would love to see the growth of more Black creators being more mainstream. That's something that unfortunately is still just not, you know, a lot of Black creators don't get a lot of support on multiple different platforms. So I really hope to see that change. And I would love to see more Black-owned brands being pushed to the forefront. I mean, there's so many now. And thanks to what was going on last year, we're now more hyper-exposed to them. But I would just love to see more expansion in that area as well and seeing them become more mainstream and grow more, be more easily available. Unfortunately, a lot of, not just Black-owned brands, but a lot of small startup brands, it's like you have to pay a ton of money for shipping because they, you know, they're just getting their feet out there. So I would like to definitely see more um, of that. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could even say, well, not I wish I could even say, but like, I feel like two, three years ago in the beauty community, it was kind of like, rough it was like you say anything and yeah you, like you were gonna get dragged canceled like yeah. red for filth on every platform I feel like it's kind of calmed down like is it just me I feel like people have kind of like plateaued and they're not as like ready to like pounce on people as much as they used to um I would definitely love to see more of that I mean look we're all just out here like trying to make something of ourselves and you know just let's yeah. just continue to support each other yeah, absolutely. And I feel like 2020 helped kind of calm some things down and it helped put things in perspective for a lot of us. Like, I just think that, thank goodness, in some ways that people kind of came to to reality of like what really matters. So I think that's kind of helped, I hope. <laughs> I don't know if that was like what I happened hope. or like what it was, but I totally agree. Like a couple years ago, it was just like one drama after another and it became yeah. so toxic. And, and that was when I was like, I'm so happy I'm not a YouTuber. <laughs> yeah, you should be happy too, girl, because it was just like, yeah. um, is this even like a stable career at this point? Because yeah. it, I just felt like people were just like looking for stuff. Like and it, became, it was literally like a witch hunt. It became 
stressful. Like even for us, and even when even when I'm not the one being dragged, like yeah, you feel you, that. Like, I feel it too. Yeah, I, like, I hate when I see people getting dragged. I'm like, ugh, unless it's somebody who's like really evil, and then you're like, finally, oh, yeah, like, come through. That's very different. <laughs> but, but no, I was talking about like, okay, girl, like maybe she had a bad day. Like, dang, like it was just like people were just like out of control. So I'm glad that that's kind of calmed down, and I hope to see yeah. more of that throughout the years. Yeah, same here. Um, do you have any advice to people who are following you who want to follow in your footsteps? Um, you know, either to become a content creator or a brand founder, um, what would you share as some advice? The best piece of advice, I, I love answering this question because I feel like it's the unexpected answer, but I would say when you're going down the road less traveled, unpopular opinion, but I would say don't expect support from family and friends because you may not necessarily get it. They may not understand what you're doing and you kind of have to be okay with that and get really, I would even go as far as saying, get comfortable and get familiar with not necessarily sharing all of your goals and the things that you want to do with everyone because they mean well and they love you and they want to see you do well. But sometimes their own, you know, their own preconceived notions about things they'll project onto you. Sometimes you just need to like get quiet and focus on things. And I think that's a good important lesson for entrepreneurs in general is sometimes you're going to do things that other people are not going to understand. You need to be okay with that. You can't take it personally. You can't go into this business expecting to just be like enamored and like everyone's going to love your ideas. They're not, like they're not. And you have to be able to kind of like detach from that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely like a, a execute and then tell people like after you've done it. So then that way you've already done it and you don't have like other people's opinions making you jaded and like mm -hmm. then you get in your own head and you start telling yourself, ah, it's not a good idea. So yeah. that's my favorite piece of advice because I feel like people go into becoming a content creator or even starting a brand thinking their friends and families are going to be their number one customers. They're probably not. Like the truth is yeah. a lot of them are probably not. And that's just, it sucks for some people. That's the reality. <laughs> right? And <laughs> And honestly, it's okay. Sometimes yeah. they come around later. It's okay. You don't have to, you know, hold it against them forever. I think that some people just literally don't understand the path that most creatives take and most entrepreneurs take. And that's okay. And just like being at peace with that and not get, cut them some slack. Like don't judge them too harshly because they, they genuinely, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times they, they really do mean well and they want to see you do well. So they're trying to give you advice from a place of like, I just want to see you do well and yeah, you know, but, but that doesn't necessarily mean they know everything. And that's, you know, that's such great advice because I feel like, you know, when I first um, started venturing into like self-employment and entrepreneurship, it's like I expected everyone to support me the way I would support everybody else. But some people just don't know how hard it is. Like if they don't, they yeah, think it's yeah. easy and then they come to you and expect you to give them everything for free. And then you kind of get resentful. Oh God, that's the worst. Like, <laughs> that's the worst. Yeah. Like they just don't know how hard it is until they're in your shoes. So that's some, that's really great advice and very, I've never heard that advice before. <laughs> yeah. I always tell people like, okay, the reality is like, not everybody's going to understand what you're doing. And that's why I admire you and your family so much because y'all have been doing this for like, <laughs> like way before having an influencer brand was like a thing. Like you guys really have like sort of paved the way and like done a lot of the grunt work, you know, now it's like, everybody has a brand now. It's, it's so much more, it's not, it's not easier per se, but I feel like there's more access to things and it's 
almost a little bit more attainable versus, you know, when you guys started, it was just completely uncharted, sort of still uncharted territory. It it was more like, I mean, I don't know if you would agree, but I feel like it was more about like who you knew back then. Yeah. Right. And I totally. still kind of now. Yeah. It's, it's so like shrouded in secrecy. Like, what do yeah. you get this later? Who mm-hmm. does your messaging or whatever? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember when we first approached our lash manufacturers, we had to beg them to work with us because they're like, who are you? You're a blogger. Like, what are you doing? You think you're going to sell numbers that we can commit to? They're like, you know, they didn't want to give us the time of day. And same with Sephora. Like, we literally had to beg them for over a year to take us on board. Like, it took a long time. Um, But we just, we kept going. And to be honest, like, kind of like you, we just to be honest, we're winging it. <laughs> we're still winging it. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't know what we're doing half the time, but we just, we try to make it work and we pivot along the way and, and yeah, we just keep following our intuition. So yeah, thank goodness Hitta follows hers. I'm starting to follow mine now. Thank God. But, um, but yeah, we're really big on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on my channel, darling. I really and I loved having you on and I could talk to you forever. I just like see my team here. It's like 10, 15 in Dubai PM. But um, but it's so good having you. If if you don't mind, before we end, um, I always love to share like a mantra or a quote, like what would like a, your favorite quote that you'd like to share, if you don't mind. Well, my favorite, my favorite Bible verse is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's, I think, just a literal testimony to like why I'm here, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And for non, for non-Bible believers, I'll say, I don't know, I guess the same quote applies. (laughs) I choose not to because I'm Christian, but that to me is just like, so empowering I can literally do anything I put my mind to basically um and yeah you know and and that's what I like sharing on lavishly as well like what you think and what you say has more power than you think it does so don't be getting in your head saying negative things like it matters what you say and what you receive matters tremendously 100% I completely agree with you and I'm also a very spiritual person so like I completely agree with you I think that whenever you channel things through whatever your spiritual beliefs are but going through that higher power God Christ whatever you believe in like it just makes such a huge difference like every hard time I've ever gone through in my life and even my good times it's like whenever I use my love for God it just gets me through it a thousand times stronger so I love that. Yeah, I can't do it on my own. <laughs> I can't do it. I know. I'm like, every time I forget to pray, I'm like, I'm like ready to die. <laughs> I'm like, I need like, that. I just, you, sometimes you just need to refocus, you know, completely. recenter yourself. Yeah, completely. Well, thank you so much for being on. It was so nice thank to have you. you. And thank you for everything that you do. Honestly, Jackie, you're such an inspiration to all of us. And really, your content is so important. Please never slow down. Keep up what you're doing. You really have made a huge impact in, in my life already. So I can't imagine everybody else's lives that you're impacting. So please keep it up. We love you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed chatting with you. And you know you have my support. You guys have done so you guys have done such an incredible job um and I say you guys I mean you and your sister the entire brand um I'm continuing to stand girl like I and I really also appreciate and I know I've said this to you before but I really appreciate that you've embraced creators like me who you know may have sometimes at points been critical of the brand and just being super open to that like we need more of that and and 
coming from me, like, I really do appreciate that. Like, I think, you know, it's so easy to just like dismiss and write people off and be like, oh, your opinion doesn't matter. Who cares? You know what I mean? But you guys have always been like super receptive to the feedback I've given. And I I appreciate that. It's very valuable. And honestly, you know, whether we don't fully understand it or not, like we always want to take feedback and understand where you're coming from. So please keep sharing. Like the more feedback, the better. And you guys are killing it. So you're obviously doing something right. So (laughs) I'll be here. I'll still be here standing, girl. And thank you. you. Like keep making amazing content. I love you. I think you're so sweet. And I just genuinely like, Love seeing you blossom. So thank you so much. You can't you can't quit YouTube either. You're committed. You're in there now. (laughs) I love you so much. Thank you for everything. Thank you for having me. It was so good to chat with you. Thank you so much, honey. I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, darling.